0: You know, there's so many things happening within our nation, and I, you know, a year ago when when uh, coronavirus took place, and and we had the things that took place during the summer, and all the things with elections, and all those things, there was just one scripture the Lord kept coming to my mind, coming to coming to my spirit. I'm saying to my mind, it was it was my spirit. It was it was my my, um, inside of me. And he's like, Lord, how, what do we, where do we rest? What do we, what do we hold on to? And, and, um, you, it can be so easy to be a Christian, but yet live naturally. And, uh, I, I think more than anything that we, we, we have, we have, we have so many carnal minded Christians, when I say that I mean meaning it's more more indoctrinated and more engrossed in everything that's happening in society that it affects it, it affects emotions, it affects pursuits, it affects everything. But the Lord once wanted me to bring back this morning and remind us of what Romans chapter eight tells us as believers. So as believers, we have to go to the word. We we can't go to our emotions, we can't go to other things that are happening. We we don't live out of our emotions. Faith is not based on my emotions. Sometimes you have to you have to press on in faith despite what your emotions might be telling you. But as believers, the word tells us in Romans chapter 8, it says, They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but those are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And then it says this in verse 6, it says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, see, I can, I can recognize where I'm hanging out based on life and peace. Right. Yeah. If you are so overtaken by things that are happening in the news and happening in the world, then you're being carnal-minded. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And if that hurt, I hope it did. <laughs> <laughs> can't you to say, if you can't say amen, say ouch, Right. <laughs> But to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thermometer that I can see. okay, am I, am I in life and peace right now? Or I, am I in, in confusion, in unrest? Then I can know where, what I'm feeding on and what's giving me strength in my life. So as believers and as, a, as your pastor, I want to encourage us, hey, let's be spiritual minded. When you hear something or when you re- get news from the doctor, when you get a report, maybe at the office, if it's your finances, your bank account, whatever it might be, don't immediately get over into the, into the, the carnal mind, get, get over into the spirit, get over what the word says, get, let's hear what the word says about this, because there's nothing that can fix our world. There's no policy. There's no, there's no bill. There's nothing that can fix our society, but God. You can't, you can't, you can't legislate righteousness. <laughs> Don't need to get on any soapboxes this morning, but hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Where are we going today, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. As you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll get there in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, I've been on, on a topic here, um, there have been three messages so far on this, and I thought it was only going to be three, but I'm, I'm going get some more direction uh, for us to go in this morning. I've been talking about I promise. And uh, in this in this study that we've done so far, I encourage you to go online and you can Listen to those. or You can go to the church center app. We have a section there. If you get the church center app, you can go to sermons and it has all the sermons there. This is right up right there on your phone. And encourage you li- continue to listen. Don't just listen to Sunday morning. Go back and listen to it. Amen. You know, and I, I you know, and I understand. And this is not because uh, I, I'm so high and mighty or I'm so good about feel g- this way about myself. But it's important. If God's planted you in a house, that's your house. That means that I spent all week praying for what I needed to give to this house. Yeah. Amen. Now, yeah, I'm glad other people from all over the world, different churches, listen to our messages here. But I don't, I don't intercede and spend time with the Lord to get messages for everyone else. I'm doing it for this house. And and, and, and I, I'm, I, I listen to Kenneth Hagan. I listen to Brother Copeland. I listen to Keith Moore. I listen to a lot of messages. But what I have to make sure is I make sure I'm listening to my house. And, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of other communicators out there I like, but you need to make sure you're listening to your house. Okay. And that's not because I think I'm such a great communicator. That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the pastoral gift upon my life for where this church needs to go and where our lives need to go. Does it make sense? Hallelujah. So I've been talking about our promise. And in this, we've talked about how what a promise is. And it is a declaration that gives to the person to whom it is made a right to expect or to collect, claim a benefit. We learned that the promises of God, that his that he does not alter his promises, that when God promises something, he does not alter the things that have gone out of his mouth. The moment that God speaks something, it becomes words of promise. Ezekiel chapter 12 says, therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever word I speak, we will be fulfilled completely. Say completely. I love that. None of my words will will be delayed any longer. I I declare no more delay in our lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But whatever word I speak will fulfill, be fulfilled completely, says the Lord. And we learned that promise is a promise is relational. That promise is is God connecting with his people. We, We saw in Deuteronomy seven, it said, because the Lord loved you and because he would keep his oath to a thousand generations. See, he made promises. Why? Because he has a relationship. He has a relationship with his people. He desires relationship. So I want to read the prophetic word that Dr. Saul so gave us. There's a couple couple of them I want to read, and then we're going to get in this message. Because I have to look at these as these are words to our house, and it's words that I can say these are things that he's promising to us, okay? First one I want to read, it came to us back in October, and this wasn't the main one, but it, it, he received this on October 11th, and it says this, A great shaking, a great shifting, and a great displacing will take place in your nation. And then immediately following this, there will come a great awakening and a great outpouring. A great awakening and a great outpouring. And I'm not going to read all the definitions that he gave us, but an outpouring is this. A sudden, rapid flow and barrage of God's spirit, God's power, God's anointing, God's love, and God's blessing. Oh, Father, we thank you for a great outpouring. We thank you, Father. For a sudden rapid flow and barrage of God's spirit, God's power, God's anointing, his love, and his blessing. And then last week, he gave us this. That 2021 would be a year of firsts. He says, a year of firsts, that's what you will see. I'll make it happen, you can count on me. Things never seen nor heard before, I'm bringing them to pass and that's what's in store. Things that that most will say could never be. Just stay in faith and watch and see. For this is the time for an outpouring of my love. What did we just read? A great outpouring. And one of those things was love. For this is the time for an outpouring of love. So get ready for more and more unusual things, says your father from above. People will stand in awe and wonder at the glorious things they shall see. And you'll testify that they are happening to you because of your love for me. No longer think that what seems so impossible can never change. Oh, yes, it will, says the Lord. In fact, it's already been arranged. So rejoice in your God and boldly say, I'm heading for greater things and they're on their way. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, a year of first. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to read verse 9. He says, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, part of that prophetic word said this, people will stand in awe and wonder at the glorious things they shall see, and you'll testify that they're happening to you because of your love for me. Now, read that scripture again. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Also in that prophetic word said in fact it's already been arranged. It's already been arranged. So if it's been arranged, it means it's been prepared, right? So now we can take this prophetic word and we can take it to Scripture and we can see how how it is scriptural. But as it is written I had not seen nor ear heard neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit Now let me say that he, now he's talking about things that our eye hasn't seen nor the things that our ear have heard right So if our eye hasn't seen and our ear hasn't heard it then we ha- we've never experienced it right Amen. But yet it tells us that, that he's prepared these things for us. And it says that they will be revealed to us by his spirit. So when I do, there's going let me, let me know he's prepared things. So that means I'm going to step into a time where I do see it and I do hear it. Right? No, because if I didn't see it before, if I didn't hear it before, but yet he's prepared it for me. That means when I do step into it, what that, what would that be a first? That would be a first. So I believe that we're stepping into some firsts. We're stepping into some firsts. You need you need to make a list. What are some things that you have yet to experience in your life? I'm doing that now in my own life as a minister, as a pastor. What what are some things that you know that we haven't experienced as a church, that we haven't seen as a church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but I'm telling you, there's things that he wants to reveal to us. See, there's things that God can expand. God can expand your thinking, but it's not necessary in a way of just with book knowledge. God wants to expand your, your capacity to believe and your capacity to receive. He wants to reveal things to you that your eye hadn't seen, nor your ear heard, nor things that have entered into your heart. So I believe there's things that he has prepared for us. These are promises. There's things that he's made available to each one of us as believers. There's things that he's made available to the church for us to walk in and to step in. Amen. Amen. Things that he's made ready. Let's go to numbers. Chapter six. Hallelujah. Got an assignment today and we'll just see how far we can get in this first service. As far as I need to go, right? This is talking about I promise. Every scripture is given to us as his promises to us. So that's a promise. Things your eye hadn't seen nor ear heard. He's prepared things. He's prepared. Say, He's prepared things. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron. And unto his sons, saying on this wise, you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. Now, now he's going to bless them. He's Aaron's going to do what he's going to bless them. He's going to release a promise. But he's releasing this promise on behalf of God. Now, you have to understand when God is speaking here. Yes, I understand it's Old Testament, but you know what? It doesn't change God's heart for what he's speaking. It doesn't change his it doesn't change the things that he's prepared or planned because we live in the New Testament or we live under a new covenant. Uh, Matter of fact, you know, we have a better covenant established upon better promises. So here he's talking about this blessing under this old covenant. This under the ironic priesthood, not ironic, but Aaronic. <laughs> and here he's releasing a blessing. He's releasing this blessing. And, and if he's releasing a blessing, then you and I, we need our ears open to it. Yes. We need our eyes open to it because it has to do with the things he's prepared for us. And what is this Blessing. It says, the Lord bless thee, not Aaron, bless thee. Aaron was the one speaking, but who was doing the blessing? God, the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. Let's not make this a, these words, religious words. Bless. Now, the root word... In the Hebrew of the word bless means this. It means to kneel. If you look up the word, that's what the word bless means. The root of the Hebrew word means to kneel. But what does it say? The Lord bless thee. The word bless means to show adoration. Now we can talk about how we need to bless the Lord. But understand, God is saying, the Lord bless thee. What is that? How can I receive that? How can I receive that into my life today? Understanding the Lord bless thee, meaning the Lord knelt down to get on my level. The Lord knelt down to get where man was. The Lord loves you. He bless you to show adoration. This isn't God commanding us to bless him. This isn't God commanding us to to show him adoration. This is God being transparent, letting us on insight into his heart for his creation. So it's more than just a religious word. Well, the Lord bless thee, keep thee. No, the Lord bless thee, meaning, meaning I want to get involved with you. I want to get, I want to get all up in your business. I want to get all up in your life, your finances, your marriage, your family, every aspect of your life. The Lord bless thee. See, it's more than just uh, bless you, sister. Bless you. sister. No, no, I, I humble myself to bring you what I have and we treat, well, God bless you. God bless you. The blessing is powerful. Years ago, I remember listening to Creflo and, and, and Brother Copeland and, and Dr. Savell, and all of them would refer to this. And we would, we would talk about things like, you know, um, you know the Lord's going to bless me. And, and we said, well, how are you going to The Lord's going to give me a new car. He's going to give me a new house. And all, all these things, you know, I, uh, you know, blessing, the blessing. And that's, that's my blessing. Well, no, 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 you don't understand. The things that we receive from God in our life are the fruit to the blessing. Meaning the things that God brings to my life is just the fruit of the blessing on my life. The blessing is his empowerment on my life. All those other things are just the fruit of the blessing working in my life. But yet understand the Lord bless thee. He knelt down on our level. The Lord bless thee. And then it says what? And the Lord keep thee. The word keep the uh, years. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you were here when I talked about the Lord is our shepherd and I talked about what a shepherd does, that he takes these, these branches and these vines, these acacia trees that have these sharp thorns on them. And what the shepherd would do is they would build up a circle around these different areas and different fields and of their pasture lands. And what happens at night, they would go in and they would place their sheep into this protective area and the shepherd would lay at the door of it. That's why John Tenza says, and I am the door to the sheep. And, and so what was that? That was, it was a These, these thorns on acacia trees were like, are you go to Africa, man, those, those are some sharp thorns. And I can't believe that giraffes eat those things. Yeah. They're like that big, but that's what, that's what this is a picture of that. When he says, you know, I bless thee and I will keep thee meaning I'm going to surround about you with a defense. I will bless thee. And I will keep thee, and it says what? And the Lord, make His face shine upon thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord make His face to shine upon me. Can you say that with me, Lord? Lord make, your make your face, shine upon me. Shine upon me. What is his face? What is his face? Face means his presence. But the picture that it gives in the Hebrew is the wholeness of being. Meaning not only did he bless us and come down to our level, but it says, make your face. I'll make my face shine upon you. What does it mean? I'm, I'm coming in with all that I am. Make my face shine upon you. It's my presence and it's the wholeness of who he is. It's all that he is and be gracious unto thee. Hallelujah. The word gracious means willing to dispose favor. It's not just being gracious in the thought of wanting to favor you, but it's also something that is put into action. And then he says this, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace the lord lift up his presence upon you and give thee peace the word give there is really the word grant and it means this it means to sit down in a prepared place give thee peace sit down in a prepared place of peace see this is the blessing this is the blessing joseph the lord bless thee can we can we read this together starting in verse 24 the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Let's go to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He desires to be involved in our lives. Psalm 67. Thank you for your word, Lord. So this morning I'm talking about that God's face shines upon us. Psalm 67 verse 1 in the Amplified. It says, God, be merciful and gracious to us and bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us and among us. And then it says, "Selah." pause and calmly, calmly, think of that. Wow. God be merciful. That means that's, that means his love for you. God be merciful and gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. What is the, the Psalmist doing? The Psalmist is rehearsing covenant words. The psalmist is speaking covenant words. He's reminding God, he's reminding himself of what God has promised yes. that you would be merciful and that you would be gracious, that you would bless us and you would cause your face to shine upon us, that you would get involved with all of who you are, God, in my life. Think about that. That's what it is. Think about it. Think about it. Wherever you're at right now, whatever you're going through, whatever you might be facing this week, just take the moment that God's face is shining upon you, that he's going to be merciful and gracious towards you, that he has blessed you. He's got on your level. He's got right in the middle of your storm and he's right there with you and his face is shining upon you. See, God wants to get involved with each one of us That his face would shine upon us. This is a promise. This is a promise that we can hold to as believers that his face would shine upon us, that his presence would be among us, that that God's hand would be with us. Oh, I'm grateful for that. Are you? I'm thankful for that. I, I believe his face shining upon us is what is going to carry us into this greater outpouring that's caused it. We're in, I believe, the greatest outpouring. I believe we're right in the middle of it. And I believe his face is shining upon us right now. There's other scriptures in Psalms, and I'm not going to turn to all of them, but I'm going to read some of them. Psalms 31 verse 16 says, make thy face shine upon thy servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Hallelujah. Kelly, can you put up um, uh, Psalms 44 verses 1 through 4 in the Amplified? Let's read this. Psalms 44, 1 through 4 says, we have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work you did in their days, in the days of old. You drove out the nations with your hand, and it was your power that gave Israel a home by rooting out the heathen people. But Israel, you spread out. Hold on a second. It says, you drove out the nations with your hand, and it was your power that gave Israel a home. Next verse. For they got not the land of Canaan in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance did it because you were favorable toward and did delight in them. You are my king, O God, command victories and deliverance for Jacob. Wow, it wasn't, he was saying it wasn't by our own arm. It wasn't by our sword. It wasn't what we could do in our natural, but it was his arm and it said the light of his countenance. It was the light of his countenance. What is someone's countenance? It's a face. And his face shines upon us. And it was this, this face shining upon us that in verse 31, chapter 31, we saw that it would cause him to be saved because of God's mercy. In this, we can see that they got possession of what God had promised. Why? Because of his countenance. Let's look at verse 80. I'm sorry, Psalms 80, verse 7. It says, your face shine upon us and we shall be saved. Can you put uh, Psalms 80, verse 7 in the Passion Translation? Psalms 80, verse 7 in the Passion. Come back, come back, O God, and restore us. You are the commander of angel armies. Let your beaming face shine upon us with the sunrise rays of glory, and then nothing will be able to stop us. (laughs) Let your beaming face shine upon us with the sun rays of glory, and then nothing will be able to stop us. See, I, I want God's face to shine upon me. See, when you understand God's face shines upon you, you understand nothing will be able to stop you. See, it was what was coming from God. It was what was coming out of God was going to be the very thing that would cause them not to be able to be stopped. See, but they understand these are promises. Bless thee, keep thee, will make my face shine upon thee. Lift up your countenance and give you peace. Wow. The blessing is a promise. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's go. You still in Psalm 67? Verse 1 again. God be merciful and gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us and among us. Verse 2. That your way may be known upon the earth. Why is it so important? See, it's it's in this face shining upon us. Your face shine upon us, and then it gives a reason. Why does His face need to shine upon us? The next next scripture starts with that, meaning this this is the reason that your way may be known upon the earth, in your saving power, your deliverance, in your salvation. Among the nations. That your way would be known upon the earth. See, God's face needs to shine upon us. So that his way will be known on the earth. That his face, I want his face shining upon us. So that His way would be known upon the earth. His way known. His way. What does His way mean? The word way means the mode of operation. It means someone's way is their character. For instance, and I believe it's Psalms 107, I believe it is, it says... You know, Moses knew God's ways, but the children of Israel just knew the acts. I, I don't I just want to see if you knew acts, that mean that means you just saw the fruit of it. But when you know the ways, you know what produced the acts. You see, that's it's a totally different understanding that your way, that your way that your face would shine upon us, that your way would be known in all the earth. Your way. The way he does things, the way he operates, the way being known, known that his way would be known. Known. And as I was just meditating on this scripture, that the way would be known. You see, we know in scripture by prophecy in Habakkuk 2 verse 14 and Isaiah chapter 11 verse 9. It said that, that that, that the glory of God would cover the earth. That the knowledge, that's it, the knowledge of the glory of God would fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge, the knowledge, the knowledge. Habakkuk says the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would fill the earth like waters cover the sea. The knowledge, the knowledge. See, see, if the earth is going to be filled, it's with the knowledge is not necessarily being filled with Christians. It's about being filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's being filled with the knowledge. But in order for for unbelievers to be filled with the knowledge, they've got to see something. That your way would be known among the nations. Known, known, known. That your way. Not my way, your way, that your way, the one that his face is shining upon us, that that his way would be known in all the earth. His known would his name, his way will be known in all the earth. Then it says this, your saving power. Your saving power. See, it's not just it's not just that people would know religion. It's not just that people would know the, uh, the, the fact of, thank you, father. It's not just, it's not just ascribing to a religion. I'm just trying try. It's hard to get out in my heart to try to get it out, but they would get acquainted and they know him. See, religion pushes people away from God. But if you truly saw him, I, I was, you know, you've heard my testimony. I was, when I got born again, I was working in a liquor store. So the, th- the thing is, is, is it wasn't about me seeing, seeing and someone just beating me down with some aspect of religion. But when I was going to church, I was, I, 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 I did go to church and when I, the church I went to my parents church and it was a church I hadn't not, not a, it was a different kind of church that I grew up in. And I remember sitting there and I'm sitting in the service and I'm like, wait a minute, there's something different. I was feeling something and I didn't realize at that time, but it was, it was the presence of God was there. And even though I, did, I couldn't understand it, I knew there was something different about the environment that I was in. So the world doesn't need more things of religion and information for the head. Amen. But it needs to come to the place where his face shines upon us that your way might be known in all the earth. And it tells us, then it says, your saving power. I believe we need to step into saving power. I believe we need to, and I believe the world needs to to see some saving power. I I believe the earth needs to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. What's the glory of God? The goodness of God, the presence of God, the power of God. I believe the world needs to see the glory of God. See, this is all comes from the blessing that his face would shine upon us. That all that he is would be upon us. That your way will be known in all the earth. That your way would be known in all the earth. Go to Luke chapter 1. I'm running out of time here. so Luke chapter 1. Thank you, Father. We can't treat the gospel as just another message. It is the message of the hour. The gospel must be preached. Jesus said, after the very end of Luke 4, you know, the message he preached, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then right at the very end of Luke chapter 4, verse 43 or 44, he says this. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because that's why I'm sent. But what did he preach? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. But yet he called that the kingdom of God. This is the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. His face is shining upon us. In Luke chapter 1, this is called the Song of Zechariah. And he's really singing a prophecy over John the Baptist. But he gets to a point in this song in verse uh, 76. It says, And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord. Remember, his face shines upon, among, uh, upon us. And here it says that thou shalt be called a prophet of the highest, talking about John the Baptist, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to do what? To prepare his way. What do we just read in Psalm sixty seven? To make known to his to, to make your way known among the earth. And so, what is John the Baptist? What is, he, what is Zachariah singing over John the Baptist? He's saying that he will go before the face of the Lord. If you go before the face of the Lord, then you're walking in his pathway. Meaning, this, this is talking about God's pathway. This is talking about God's plan. So you will walk before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. Now, listen to give knowledge of salvation unto his people. By the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into a way of peace. You see, this is the blessing. This is Jesus coming. This is talking about Jesus coming and Jesus coming to the earth to do what? To make God's ways known. And what does it say that it will do? This day spring on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into a way of peace. You see his face shining upon us. His face shined upon us through sending Jesus. in john chapter 1 go to john chapter 1 i'm running out of time so i Thank you father john chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god Now let's look at verse 14 for the sake of time. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. See, we have to understand that when we talk about his face shines upon us in the old Testament, everything that was attached to his face shining upon us had to do with God displaying his wonders. Every time you talked about, let your face shine upon me. And he says, we were saved. His face shined upon us and he brought us great possessions. His face shined upon us and be gracious to you. Be gracious to you. And so this is the fact that his face shining upon us was God's desire to humble himself, to come on man's level and all of a sudden give us everything that he has and make available everything that he has, all of his power, all of his might, all of his authority, all of the healing power, all of his strength, all that he is, all of his wisdom, everything that he has, his righteousness, his peace, his joy, his strength, his gift, his graces, everything was made available through Jesus. So when we understand that the blessing spoken of in in Numbers chapter 6 had everything to do with prophesying about Jesus. That his face would shine upon us and give you peace. His face shining upon us would give us peace. And it said this that we beheld the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, favor. Ability. Strength. Now, because of time, I I just need to go to Acts chapter 3 and I'll close. Well, my might have one more scripture. Acts 3. Thank you, Father. Acts chapter 3, verse 24. It says, yea, and all the prophets from Samuel... And those that followed after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Many, all that went before, they foretold of these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindred of the earth be blessed. Now, listen, you are the children of the prophets, of the covenant that God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindred of the earth be blessed. In thy seed shall all the kindred of the earth be blessed. So everything that was written in the Old Testament, all the prophets, the Psalms, everything was spoken, everything. So when we saw, hey, his face shines upon us, his face shines upon us, his face shines upon us. This is a promise. But what is this? This is now saying all those things that were spoken have to do with fulfilled promise. You are the children, meaning you're the ones that all the prophets were talking about. You're the ones The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, when it was established on the day of Pentecost, he's referring to those people, which that means he's referring to this people, that his face has shined upon us through Jesus Christ and made us a partaker of this covenant, this covenant of Abraham, that this seed, that this seed shall all the kindred of the earth be blessed through this seed, this seed, this seed, who Jesus. And then verse 26 unto you first. Unto you first, God, having raised up His Son Jesus, now listen. This sent Him to bless you. Wait a minute. Did I read that right? Unto you first, God, having raised up His Son Jesus, He raised up His Son Jesus, and you say what? To die on the cross? Well, according to this, He raised Him up to bless you. He raised him up to bless you. Look at your neighbor and said, he raised Jesus up to bless you. Hallelujah. Remember what does was blessed mean to kneel to kneel. He came down to get on our level to bless. What did Jesus say? He made himself of no reputation, but took upon the form of a servant, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, so we understand that, that, that he lowered himself in order so he could raise us up. Hallelujah. He lowered himself so he can now bless us. Now bring us back up on his level. So we understand, I promise is realizing his face shines upon us. And how does his face shine upon us today? Realizing that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Is the face of Jesus Christ. I don't have time to go there. But you can put in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 4 through 6. And it says that we can see. In the face of Jesus. Christ. Let me finish reading the scripture. And I have to stop. Unto you first God. Having raised up his son Jesus. Sent him to bless you. In turning away. Every one of you. From his iniquities. What is again, we see the blessing or the face shining upon us. This is the face shining upon us. But what does it do to turn away everyone from his iniquities, meaning his face shines upon us to turn around everything that the enemy did in humanity. His face shines upon us save us. His, his face shines upon us to strengthen us, to empower us, to equip us. And that's why he blessed us. What? So every man can turn from his iniquities, weaknesses, sicknesses, disease. The word iniquities actually means depravity, depravity, meaning everything that's not right. So father, I thank you that your face shines upon us today. And I thank you for the blessing that Jesus has provided for the body of Christ. And I thank you for the blessing that he's provided for us in this place today. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that his face shines upon us and strengthens us. His face shines upon us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. His face is shining upon you today. Corinthians says that all the promises of God find their yes and amen in Him. So every promise that's in the Old Testament they have their yes and amen in Jesus. Their yes and their so be it. There's things that may seem to be out of order in your life. It could be physical. It could be marriage relationship. It could be different things. I just, I just, I'm just going to just take some time with this. But his face is shining upon you today. And if there's, like I said, if there's things that seem to be out of order in your life, just real quickly, I want you to come forward. Come forward real quickly. Hallelujah. I know we've got another service, but... Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Nikki, Cassie, Annette. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Miss Joyce, can you pray for us? Oh, Annette, I want you to pray for us. Sitting here. Rick and Eric, these guys here. Pastor Phil. Mr. George here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says he lifts up his countenance and he gives us peace. And that word give means to grant. It means to sit down in a prearranged place. Hallelujah. My heart this morning is that you would leave here with the peace of God on your life, that you would know that Jesus is the means in which God sent Jesus to be that face that shines upon us to kneel, to come down from heaven to earth to bring blessing upon your people. That he blessed us. Ah, Thank you, Father. He blessed us. To destroy and to break any and all iniquities. Things that are broken. Things that are out of line. I thank you, Father, for the things that you have prepared for us the things that are, I hadn't seen, nor the things that have heard. I thank you, Father, for, for the first. I thank you the first that this this congregation, this house, those by watching by way of internet, I thank you the first that we're stepping into. I thank you that your blessing is working. Your blessing is resting upon our lives. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That you're a covenant-keeping God. And when you said, I promise, you do not alter the things that have gone out of your mouth, but you are true to your word. I thank you, Father, for anyone that may be here today that they may may feel like, God, you've let them down or or they might be offended at you. I thank you for healing their hearts and they would realize and know that the enemy is the one that comes to steal, kill and destroy. But that God brings abundant life that they'll know that the things that they walk through and the things that they're currently experiencing, they'll know that that this is the cause of the enemy. This is the cause of the enemy. And I thank you right now that the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against the enemy in their lives. I say peace be still over them. I say peace be still over them. I thank you, Father, for the promises of peace, the covenant of peace that we have as believers, that your face would shine upon us. Hallelujah. Thy way would be known in all the earth. Thy way would be known in all the earth. Thy way, your way would be known in all the earth. Your way. Your way would be known that we would know your way. And as we would know your way, the world would know your way. I want, to read, I want to read to you the Psalm the Psalm 67 in the Passion. Now listen to this, because this is why his way needs to be known in the earth and how it's going to happen. God keeps us near, God keep us near your mercy fountain and bless us. And when you look down on us, may your face beam with joy. Paul's in his presence. Send us, send us out all over the world so that everyone and everywhere will discover your ways. And know who you are and see your power to save. See, this is all about the world knowing him. Not just about the church knowing him. Let all the nations burst forth with praise. Let everyone everywhere love and enjoy you. Then how glad the nations will be when you are their king. They will sing. They will shout. This is talking about the world. They will sing. They will shout. For you give true justice. To the people yes you lord are the shepherd of the nations paul's in his presence no wonder the people praise you let all the people praise you more the harvest of the earth is here Woo! <laughs> the harvest of the earth is here god the very god we worship keep us satisfied at his banqueting of blessing. And the blessings keep coming. All the ends of the earth will give him the honor he deserves. Now, get this and be in all of him. Woo! Hallelujah! So, get this. When we realize his face shines upon us, it will cause the world to be in all of him. That's the ticket. (laughs) Give him a shout of praise. You've received that this morning. Woo!